Live from Nashville, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network.
Well, good Thursday morning from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the Campfire Cafe. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and joining me this week is my guest co-host, my wife, Mary Kay. Good morning, Mary Kay. Good morning. That was Run for the Roses, Mr. Dan Fogelberg. And this Saturday is the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby. And Mary Kay, can you believe that I was there for the 100th running of the Kentucky Derby? I can't. I just can't believe it. (laughs) Well, believe it. I was there. (laughs) I was there for the 100th. And and what a celebration that was. But uh, I always said I would not go back. I was in the infield that year, and that's uh-huh. just one huge party. I mean, that is a huge party. And uh, 49 yeah. years ago, I kind of was ready for that big, huge party. But uh, today, if I went back, I'd have to have uh, reserve seats or something for that. But it is, uh, <laughs> it's all coming up this Saturday, and it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, a lot of parties that are going on around town. And uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, at Churchill Downs, they're going to have a great time. One of the problems, Mary Kay, is that I I read this morning that already, though, four horses have died this week at Churchill Downs. So there are some challenges that go along with races and racing. And uh, so we hope everything goes well for the rest of the week. But we'll be watching on, uh, on Saturday on NBC and look forward to the Kentucky Derby. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then the Iroquois yeah. Steeplechase comes up the week after that here in Nashville. And uh, my wife said she'd like to go to that, but I'm not sure there are any tickets left. But that yeah, is a, maybe not. Yeah, that is a great fundraiser for Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. So we'll talk about that a little bit next week. But we have a great show lined up today. Who's going to be joining us for the first hour on Campfire Cafe? Well, we've got a real treat. We've got Dan Canyon. He's joining us. I I think we should all brace ourselves for some great stories and some fun music. Um, it's just going to be fun. So saddle up. Get ready to saddle up because we're going to have a great time with Mr. Dan Canyon of the Dan Canyon Band on the Campfire Cafe. And then in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America, we have Mr. Randy Rasmussen that is back with us. He is the Director of Public Lands and Recreations with Backcountry Horsemen of America, and the newly elected chairman, Mr. Mark Kimmel, will be joining us for that show. So stay tuned for Saddle Up America right after the Campfire Cafe. But right now, let's take a listen to a great song from the Dan Canyon Band. It's one called, If I Could Love a Girl Like I Love My Horse. Stay tuned. Here's a little cowboy poetry. The theme of the poor lonesome cowboy has certainly become a cliché. For a cowboy don't want to be lonely, but it often turns out that way. My horse doesn't mind if I'm covered in dust or spend a night out on the range. But a woman may find that it takes too much time to bring about a suitable change. So... Just like a precious pearl, I hope to find a girl and then let nature take its course. For in all the world, there must be a girl 
I could love as much as my horse. If I could love a girl like I love my horse, never would we be apart. If I could love a girl like I love my horse, I'd hold her dear to my heart. It don't matter where we wander, be it here or yonder, she'll be back. The story up on your website. And by the way, you did a beautiful, beautiful job of promoting your new album, Purple Sage. Oh, well, thank you. And 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 other tales from the from the plateau. But uh, yeah, tell us the story that's in the in the brochure and on your website about Dan Canyon. Okay. Um, oh boy, that's that's a long story. My goodness. <laughs> uh, just to make it brief. My writers and I were moving some cattle across central Washington and took shelter in a cabin in a storm, and we found some old saddlebags with some old uh, those big plastic 
acetate records and a gramophone, and we put them on and started listening, and uh, we discovered this old cowboy music, and we decided to bring all that back, and we came up with this Dan Canyon and the Plainsman. We've since changed it to Dan Canyon Band. Uh, yeah, that story is just a bit of folklore I made up. You know, I don't want people to think that uh, that's all true. Uh, it's ironic. <laughs> I don't think ironic is the right word, but I had a uh, folklorist from the Smithsonian Instru- Institute somehow ran across that, contacted me, and asked if she could put it in their archives under folklore. Really? And so if you <laughs> dig deep enough at the Smithsonian, you'll find that story in there. That's oh so wow! Fun. Wow! Yeah, wow. and that's pretty right out of left field that came, and uh, of course, pretty, pretty. That's yeah, fun, you know. People paying yeah. attention to you. Well, it is fun, and the story, the story is just so interesting. And so, Dan Canyon, in your story, was around 1901, 1902, and uh, yep. and then you found and listened to this music and and. And as it says in your booklet, after you got through all of this, you are now Dan Canyon. And so yes, that's just, that's I am just Dan fun. Canyon now. I took over <laughs> Dan's persona. <laughs> they were, uh, they made a great impression on us. Oh gosh! Well, it is so much fun. It is so much fun. So let's talk just a little bit before we get into some more music uh, about. Uh, about Dennis Coyle. So, all right. Where did you grow up? I, I started out in Georgia. I grew up as a Georgia. All right. <clears throat> excuse me. And um, uh, when I was thirteen, my uh, my dad built radio stations and TV stations. Really? That was his job, and he worked. Yeah, he was a, a, a electronic engineer, and he put together TV stations. That was his business. And he got hired to build WSUs out here in Pullman. They're a brand-new, state-of-the-art TV station, and he just uprooted the family and moved us all to Washington. And I grew up, finished growing up in the Palouse country of, of eastern Washington, which I just love it more than any place. I just It's, it's just awesome over there. Um, and so that's where I, I kind of took up the guitar, and we had horses, and I grew up riding. And uh, okay. I've just been uh, – a musician for many many years until I got hired on at American Airlines and you know, I spent 22 years doing that and I retired and now I'm back to playing music full time. Well, before you before you went to work with American Airlines and you had started playing, so how old were you when you picked up the guitar first and started? I was probably about 12 or 13. Okay. Um hmm. and I was, yeah, I was just learning guitar chords and playing old folk songs. But once I, you know, kind of teen, 14, I got real serious about it, you know, trying to emulate the Beatles and the Monkees and the Rolling Stones. Right, right. You know, and just like a lot of other musicians, I mean, we all have that same commonality. Um, And I just, you know, just stuck with it. A lot of people give it up. I stuck with it. Wow, wow. Now, did you did you perform uh, uh, publicly before you went to work with American Airlines, or was that after your retirement? Oh, no. I started when I was about 16 playing in a, a band. I put together a high school band, and we were together for five years, toured all around um, the West Coast, oh, excuse me, the Western United States um, 
for about for those five years during the summer we were in school of course high school and college right during the summer we'd go on these tours for like 10 weeks um and then after i through all that as i got older i just uh got hired on in rock bands and i just toured around i spent 20 years just traveling without really a home you know just playing in bands town 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 you're a musician yes yeah, wow. you know, you, wow. you got to go where the money is, and um, you know, most places provided a band house or a hotel, or even if you had to buy your own sometimes. But you know, right. we had places to stay, so we didn't keep a, a house anywhere. It's like double expenses, of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but so, uh, you know, so I, do you I remember? Had, I had I was going to say I had no, been just... out of town for four months, and I got a call from my wife. She goes, you know. Uh, I don't mind you playing, but you just can't go out of town for months at a time anymore. So, <laughs> you know, because we had just had a, a we just had a, a child, and she goes, "I feel like a single mother. I'm raising this kid, and you're out of town all the time." So, and I understood oh, that. Nice. So, I came back to town, and I was scouting around. What am I going to do? You know, and I, right out of the blue, I got a call from a friend of mine who'd been hired at American Airlines, giving me a head up, saying they were doing a big hiring push. That he could guarantee me a job if I wanted it. So the rest was history. Wow! Wow! And your wife was happy. That's a good. That's a good ending. She that is. Story. Yes. That's yeah. Even after thirty thirty seven years, she's still happy. Well, congratulations. Well, I want to get to another song from the album Purple Sage, and uh, and uh, we'll be back and talk more with Dan Canyon in just a moment on Campfire Cafe. Just 
guys in the band did some great guitar work on that and it just yeah. just ra- races along it's a, a exciting yeah. bit of western like a little movie like someone once said it's like a yeah. a, a movie for your ears you know <laughs> yeah it <laughs> but, uh, is there you go it's really cool yeah uh, yeah so we try to you know write that kind of stuff and then we'll swing back over and do a little swing song or more traditional yeah. country and you know, you, they say you can't please everybody, but we're trying. Hey, you know, the good. cool thing about Western, cool, cool thing about Western music is that it's less about the musical style and more about the lyric content. So as an artist, you get to, to try out different sounds and different facets of Western style. And it gives a yes. really nice variety to the music you can put on an album and in a live performance. Well, Mary Kay, I'm so glad you get that. I think there's a lot of people are a little put off because it's not so traditional as they're used to. But boy, times change, and and yeah. you know, time marches on, and nothing wrong with doing a little, something a little different, which yeah. is what we're doing. It's nice, nice that you're performing as a band. Um, this is a genre. Western music is a genre where we have a lot of troubadour acts, you know, uh, a guy with a guitar or a gal with a guitar, but it's nice when you can have a whole band come out and kind of get a nice, big, full sound. So it's nice that, it you're, is. That's, that you're providing Thank you. That. It, it is. That's what we like doing. You know, we all have a history of bands. I was never one to want to be a star. I always wanted to be in a good band. That's all I wanted. Yeah. And I've got one. So <laughs> well, you know, while you're talking about that, true. Yeah, while you're talking about who who are your band members, tell us who you got I have, performing um, with you. Okay, on that on these records you're playing today, you'll hear Johnny Owenbring on guitars, and he is a local Snohomish County boy here who is just the pinnacle of guitar playing. I just love his playing. Pete Frothingham, another just a top player, 
These are all Snohomish County people up here in Washington State. Wow. Uh, I got Paul Buthiani on drums, uh, Jim Kehoe on bass, and um, I got Lonnie Mueller's in the band now. He has recently replaced Johnny. John Johnny is actually going on to record his own country album. So uh, wow. I'm busy doing that, and I, I brought in Lonnie, which Lonnie and I have played together off and on for 40 years now. You know, when I first moved mm-hmm. to the Western Washington area, he was in the band that I joined at that time. So they're all good players, all with this long history of uh, being in the Seattle area music scene, all very experienced. I'm just pleased and blessed to have them. Well, you are. You are. You know, it's it, it's kind of interesting because um, when you look around the country, you've got different sounds that are in different parts of the country. Just You just mentioned the Seattle music scene. You've got the Austin music scene. Uh, of course, you've got the Nashville yep. sounds that we've got going on and, and multiple uh, multiple styles that are coming out of Nashville right now. But um, it, it's pretty cool to have the sound that you, you've got a different sound, Dan, than most any other records that we get, any other albums that we get in. How did you come up well, with that? Well, I think it's because it kind of harks back to what I said. Uh, we're trying to please everybody, but first of, and foremost, we're pleasing ourselves. Yeah. And I am writing stuff that I would want to listen to and trying to keep it, cowboy i mean I, I try not to stray too far from the cowboy theme but i want to put a little bit of that rock music vibe into some of these songs just because i um i think it can be done i think i've proven that it can be done actually to you know cross over the, i think so um, yeah i mean the whole idea when i finally retired from american and i had freed up all my time and i could actually go back to doing music live is Kind of the concept was to take these rock musicians game, you know, and get them to play country. And they, the people in the band are people that really embrace that idea and uh, have helped me fulfill this dream, I guess you could say. Well, it's pretty nice so, uh, when you're getting to live your dream. That's pretty cool. It is. <laughs> I'm very blessed. Is, very blessed. That I, is pretty cool. I thank the Lord every day. Yeah. For allowing it to continue. Well, the title song from Purple Sage and other tales from the plateau is one called Purple Sage, and uh, right. this is a little this is a little longer than what we normally play on uh, on the radio, but I think it's worth the listen. Tell us about Purple Sage. How did you come up with the song? Purple Sage is the absolute first cowboy song I ever wrote. And I was in a band that had a home studio, and they were inviting me to record. So I recorded a couple of kind of rock songs, but I just wasn't very pleased with them. And I got sat down, and I'm thinking, well, if you're going to write a book, they say write about what you know. So I got a pencil and piece of paper, and I wrote down, okay, what do I know about? I said on my list, I put horses, cowboys, Western history, guns. You know, that kind of thing. Just uh, It seemed like a, a group of like subjects, you know. So I said, okay, I'm going to write right. a cowboy song. And I sat there on the couch with my guitar, and Purple Sage was actually written in about 15 minutes. Uh, wow. The, the lyrics and the chord progression. And it wasn't until years later I was able to put what you 
here today, which is just a, a, a bombardment of guitars. And we just, I just love guitars and I, the more, the better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what you're going to hear on this is just, there's a lot of guitars, a lot of time spent mixing these things, trying to get it right. Um, I, I hope people do like it. Well, sit back and enjoy. This is Purple Sage. We're talking with Dan Canyon of the Dan Canyon Band. Don't even think about it, cowboy. It's 
A very cool song, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. It's a lot of excitement there at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could just imagine your live show it has a lot of energy. I love that. Yes, we we are in rehearsals for our June 10th show, and we we uh, are trying to make it exciting. We've added a brand new yeah. song. We'll be debuting with some killer guitars. Isn't it interesting how adding just one song can freshen up the whole set? It always oh, amazes yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you, you know how it is. You play the same songs over and over and over, and then uh-huh. you get something new, and it's exciting. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're anxious so to show it off. Because I, I love clothes, and I, I, I know this is going to seem off topic, but I promise it will come back around. I <laughs> okay. love clothes. And, uh, I didn't know that. I, even I didn't know that. I even have a business where I, I resell clothes. And uh, so my closet, I, I, it's like a work of art to me. I, I put in the pieces that I'm going to wear for that next three months. Everything's color-coordinated. Yes. Everything's in there. And, of course, anytime you add anything new, it's just exciting because you, know, you don't just add anything. But it is. all the old stuff that you put away sometimes and you get it, and then the next season arrives and you pull something out, Again, it's, you know, it's, it's fresh and new. And I find the same thing with music. You know, when you've written yes. a certain amount of songs and you're used to doing a certain set for people, it's just like rotating the clothes in your closet. As a musician, you're rotating the songs in your so- song list. Sometimes you add something new, and then sometimes you brush off something that is older. And because you're advancing in your skills as a musician, the older item that you're bringing out, you're able to put new polish on it, a fresh new edge on it, and you get to be delighted by something that you wrote, you know, years ago. It's kind of cool. Well, you are, you're exactly right. You can put a new spin on something and make it fresh again. Yes. Yeah. No, I I do like that. Yeah, it's lovely. You've got a song, uh, you and your band have a song that we're going to be playing next, and you did a music video to it. Can you tell us about this music video and the honor okay. that it's recently received? I will. Um, it, it got nominated for Video of the Year, the ISSA Awards, and we're very honored to have made it into the finals. And um, that's very. You know, cool. we're always a long shot, so we'll see what happens. But uh, um, <laughs> this came about. I had this idea. You know, I knew I needed some videos to help promote this album. I came up with this idea to go out to my uh, guitar player's home. He has a big, big ranch kind of area, and we put up a whole bunch of green screens and made a huge stage covered, you know, with the green screens. And I and I told him we're going to do eight songs today, and they're all like, "You're crazy! You can't do eight music videos in a day." And I'm going, "We're going, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to." And so we spent all day out there, hired an actual film crew to come out, and they set up multiple cameras. And we stood in front of this green screen and mimed to our album. And then at my leisure, I, I go home and try to make a video out of it, you know. And what you see on this this one is very simple. It's just a an old rundown homestead out on the plateau, which ties into the theme of the record you know that actual the waterville plateau here in washington state um it's a very sparsely populated barren 
uh, farming and ranching land. It sits about 2,000 feet above the Columbia River in an isolated pocket of the state. And uh, I found that old house and took a picture, and it always stuck with me. And and so I used it as a backdrop for this. And you know, it's a it's a amateurish kind of production, but you know, it it gives me something to work with. I love that's, it. So that's, I, you know, we've done a couple cool. of videos, and we'll be doing more. Well, yeah, it's pretty cool, and, and and yeah, and and deciding to use a green screen, and and uh, utilize that. I thought it was just clever as all get out to be able oh, to do well, thank that. You. So, yeah, and <laughs> if you go to your website, we're going to talk about your website in just a little while. It is such a neat website. So many well, stories thanks. you can find out the story about Dan Canyon from his website, but uh, you can also go and look at some of the vi- neat videos that he's got there. So we'll give you mm-hmm. that information in just a little bit. But right now, we're going to play Dreams Out Here Are Never Wasted. This is from the nominated video of the year. And uh, we'll be back and this, to talk more with Dan. Can, go ahead. Go I was going to say, this song just kind of follows my philosophy of life, that, you know, it's it's really good to dream. Even if they don't always come true, they're still important. Yes. And that's just kind of yes. the way I feel. Yes. Yeah, I like so that. So this okay. is... Uh, Dreams Out Here Never Wasted. It's Dan Canyon. We're visiting with him today as our very special guest on the Campfire Cafe. And here we go. by what we do Words can't be just empty phrases So when you say you must ride away Words out here are only wasted Days out here are never wasted Days are long, but that don't seize us When we ride spaces open wide Days out here are never wasted
listening to the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network's Campfire Cafe, heard around the world, streaming live at equestrianlegacy.net, heard on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. Well, Dan, I have a question for you. Okay. What is your songwriting process like? I don't think there's a tried and true formula. You kind of wait for some little inspiration, and you just try to run with it. Sometimes it's a lyric. Sometimes it's a chord progression. Uh, many a time I've driven around in my car singing to myself and come up with a melody I like and try to put words to it. So it just comes at you from every direction. Mary Kay okay. would know as much about that, if not more than me. She's written some <laughs> just absolute fabulous songs. <laughs> I went. Like I told oh, you I, I went back and listened to some of hers, and, and in fact, uh, the Keepers of the West was playing her last night, and I heard Annie. I think it's called Annie. Stake a claim for your joy. For joy. Yeah. 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 God, what an yeah. absolute fabulous, just a fabulous song. I was so moved by that. So anyway, oh, uh, it you. comes from every direction. As, as she can well, uh, agree with that, I bet you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another question that I have is, is uh, of course, on this album, most of the songs were written by uh, Dennis Coyle, who is you. Uh, but there are some there are some co-writes on here. So, uh, do you co-write with people very often? Not very often. In fact, Fred Moore, who I wrote two songs with, the one is that Ride in the Range Tonight, which is on this album. We have another one uh, called Midnight Pass will be on the next album. Um, Fred answered an ad I put in the paper a long time ago. I wrote and I put it – this is back before the internet was big, you know, and I put an ad in okay. the paper, and it said, do you ride? Do you rope? Do you watch Bonanza every day? And if you play the guitar, <laughs> give me a call. And so he's the only one who yeah. responded. and. Yeah, he was the only one that responded, and he's actually a member of the Backcountry Horseman. Is a side. Oh wow! Uh, and so we had a couple of sessions. We wrote those two songs, and they're pretty much fifty-fifty. I'd come in with a verse, he'd add a chorus, or I'd come up with a chorus, he'd add a verse, and um, and so that's so that's really the only co-writing I've done. I've tried okay. to get the band to write with me, and they're going, well, you know, you're doing such a great job, and. We really don't have the background you do, so just keep up the good work. And I go, all right. Oh gosh. So well, and you and you are a horse guy too, so it's it's uh, it's kind of fun to look at your social media and see where you are and and uh, taking off on some horseback riding adventures, and that's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, as I get older, I've turned into a fair weather horseman. So during the winter, I don't do much or anything, tell you the truth, but. Um, I was just talking to my rancher friend. He has a, a cattle ranch in the Medhow Valley in central Washington, and I'll be going over there soon to spend the, some time out on the range, which I just oh, look forward great. to. He's got some nice horses, and he's been very kind and opened his ranch up to me. He's a big fan of the of the band, too, so um has been a great a relationship with him. Yeah, that is that is a plus. Well, I'm kind of like you. Um, I, I, I used to ride in all kinds of weather. But uh, if it's too hot or too cold, I don't see any point in it anymore. Yeah, I just kind of here. My, my, sweet, my sweet spot <laughs> is like 
late May, early June, and then September, October. You know, there over you here in, in eastern Washington, you know, June and or excuse me, July and August are just brutal. The heat. There's no shade out there either where I go. Yeah. Very little yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a, a horse song. Tell us about Strawberry Roan. Strawberry Roan is kind of an ode to my wife. This harkens back to all those times I was out on the road for long periods of time. I knew yeah. that she was anxiously waiting for me to return. And I just kind of took those thoughts and put them into a Western setting. And um, she loves this song, as you can imagine. Um, I did write it about her. She is a, a strawberry roan blonde, so that Aww. helped me select the title. And I kind of had a um, affinity for a um, guy who wrote a song called Home on the Range. And yeah. it is a brilliant cowboy song, but it's not the one we're all familiar with. It's totally different, yeah. but he just used that phrase as his hook, and it's, uh, it's totally different. You would not even close and I kept that type, that idea kept circulating, like, you know, I want to take a, like a, a standard title and write a whole new song underneath it and see what happens. And that's I selected this one; it seemed to work out. So I hope you All like right, it. Well, this is another one that's got some great guitar work by the guys: steel guitar, electric guitar. I'm playing the twelve string you hear there, and I let the, the guitar players do the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a listen to Strawberry Roan. We're talking with Dan Canyon today on the Campfire Cafe. Let's 
That is Strawberry Roan. That was really cool to hear a different version of a song title that we're used to. You know, we we think we're going to get one thing, and then we get to something fresh and new and modern. Very nice. Thank you. Thank well, you. Dan, uh, those last, thank you those so last two guitar notes always move me. I was going to say, those last two guitar notes, the two guys are harmonizing, they, those always yeah. they still move me, even after all this time. I, they did a great job there for me. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, no, that's okay. So um, those kind of things musically are very cool because that means two players are used to um, working together. It, it's always nice yes. to hear that harmony. Well, how can our worldwide audience find you and find your music, find your band? What's the best way for for us to stay in touch well, with Dan Canyon? Well, of course, the, the website, dancanyon.com, is just chock full of stuff. Uh, I'm on Facebook every day, basically, just trying to keep the the, the brand alive. And um, we have we have an insiders club, which is actually quite popular with people that are, are real real that want to be real fans. I'll let you into the mm-hmm. insiders club, and in that you get um, video and footage you don't get, or photographs you don't get on the main Facebook pages of our rehearsals. And uh, songwriting okay. sessions. Sometimes we'll get together for three hours, and we'll just start hashing out ideas and and working on new material. And and I have my road manager is there, Greg Martin. Shout out to that guy. He's like my right hand man. I just love him so much. Uh, he's there to videotape and and do whatever's needed to, to keep us uh, focused. And uh, that's a great way if you really want to get involved. The Insiders Club. And the only way to join is you just got to send me a note saying, "Hey, I'd like to be in the Insiders Club, and I will let you in." Um, wow! And, but cool DanCanyon.com has Dan Canyon has the most information. I just pulled it up myself, and I, you know, I, I'm not a pro at any of this stuff, and. I go to other people's websites and they have like a thing across the top, like yours. Yours is so professional. You know, you <laughs> get your little buttons across the top. I, I haven't figured out how to do that yet. So, so mine is basically chronological order, right? You know, as something comes in, I add it. So, uh, oh. if you go to the top of the web page, you'll see that you know we're on the charts for the um, uh, International Western Music charts. You know. Which we are, yeah. oh my God, even though we're number 26, we're so excited. Uh, yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah. And yeah. if you scroll down, you'll see just some photos, a little promo on the band, the ISA, ISSA award, um, announcement for the concerts we're doing, and then um, share videos. So that's, and the, plus you got the, uh, the bio I wrote, and also mm-hmm. the story of Dan Canyon and all its detail is there. And I suggest people actually go read it word for word because it is, like you said, it's a really interesting little story. It is. An and I was story. lucky enough to get some feedback from industry people that's up there where, you know, these people compliment us and recommend us. And that's just so valuable to us to have their, our peers appreciate it. Like you too, you know, you've said so many kind words about the band, and uh, boy, that does not go unnoticed by us. Well, we appreciate yeah. that. Well, listen, you have been so much fun to have on the show today, and uh, and I'm just going to pitch this right now. We look forward to seeing you at the Western Music Association Convention in November. So You know, you I have made a friend. promise. I I told Susie Knight that I would be there this year. So. Okay. All right, we'll look for she, you. She was going, we'll man, you got to get down here. 
Yeah. So yeah. you'll be a lot of fun. And I, well, listen, I look, you have you have been great, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there and somewhere else, maybe out on the road. So we're going to close out yeah. this segment with Ride Hard for the Hills. Anything you'd like to say about this before we go? Uh, it's another one of these band favorites. The band loves playing this song. They really get to kind of show off their guitar playing. And um, a lot of people really enjoy this song because it actually tells a story with a little bit of a twist at the end. And uh, it's a very popular song. This one gets a lot of radio play around the country. So, well, yeah, I hope a, people enjoy it. It's a great song. And, uh, and again, Dan, we look forward to having you back on the show again as well. Let us know what that new album is at, okay? I will. Thank you so much. I appreciate what you've done for me and for country music and ca- cowboy music, rather, to be specific. And uh look forward to meeting you both. We'll look forward to that. Thank you, Dan. Well, this is Ride Hard for the okay. Hills. We've been talking right. with Dan Bye, Canyon today on the Campfire Bye. Cafe.
for filling in today for the Campfire Cafe. And Bobby Bell will be with us again next week, but she needs a little bit of a break. I think she and Jam yeah. kind of wore themselves out in Santa Clarita for the festival out yeah, there last week. Job. So, Yeah, big Definitely. job, big job. But anyway, thanks for thanks for taking the time to join us for the Campfire Cafe today. And uh, I guess I'll talk to you again in just a little while, darling. You sounds good. I love you. Oh, I love you, too. Show. Never mind. It is a radio show. <laughs> hey, we'll be back in just a minute with Saddle Up America, and uh, stay tuned for a Heidi Ho Rodeo and Juliet will be doing this number, and we're we're going to feature Montana music today. So stay tuned yeah. for more music and more conversation with uh, Saddle Up America as we welcome Back Country Horsemen of America. We'll be right back. <laughs> All the cowboys have gathered in the dark before dawn Cause the big sky is changing now that summer's long gone And the ruby's red waters are reflecting the sky Because winter is coming tonight And there's a storm on the mountain. Full of thunder and snow And the herd has to move To safe pastures below So at first light the cowboys Are driving them home And they sing as they move them along Heidi ho Montana Beneath the big sky 
your high shining mountains are bright and alive. Heidi Ho, Montana, full of garnets and gold, and your son sing a song to your sweet big sky soul. Oh, the winter awakens the call of the wild. The gobblers are gobbling at the geese on the right. All the deer join the dance as the rut has begun. With the song of the cowboys, the stars and the sun. While he's riding mighty tall, in life's circumstance He'd rope that old storm If given a chance And with a nugget of wisdom On this hard cattle drive The spirit of the cowboy Is well and alive Heidi Ho, Montana the big sky, your high shining mountains are bright and alive. I Montana, full of garnets and gold, and your son sing a song to your sweet big sky soul. And then a voice deep as God. You can hear the earth sing Like a howl from the canyons That will never be tamed For it's not about the money Silver or gold But the secrets of life Only hard lands can hold ho Montana Beneath the big sky Your high shining mountains Are bright and alive Heidi Ho, Montana Full of garnets and gold And your son sing a song To your sweet big sky soul Heidi Ho Montana, that's Rodeo and Juliet. Welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and we are going to welcome back to the show Mr. Randy Rasmussen, who is the Director of Public Lands and Recreation with Backcountry Horsemen of America. And Randy, we have a new chairman with us today, don't we? We do, Gary. We have a great chairman from the state of Montana and steeped in Montana and all things outdoors. Uh, His name is Mark Himmel. He's been both the state director for Backcountry Horsemen of Montana, 
uh, and has also served on the National Backcountry Horsemen of America Executive Committee, uh, successively as uh, treasurer, vice chair, and now chair. And so I'm honored to have Mark Kimball, my boss, here with us today. Hi, Mark. How are you? Not too bad, Gary. How are you? I am doing fine. And as we were talking before the before this segment of the show, one year ago today, you were back on the show, Mark, and uh, that's kind of kind of uh, coincidental to have you with us. But we had a great show back then. Yes, I remember it well. I talked about using a crosscut saw and how it can sing to you and the harmony of it. And I swear I can hear your wife chuckling in the background. So. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to talk to her about how she wraps things up when she co-hosts the show with me again. But uh, anyway, anyway. Hey, Backcountry Horsemen of America is celebrating 50 years. This is the 50th anniversary of BCHA, and you are leading the way. And you just had your – Montana just had a big convention, and then you had your uh, annual convention out there. So – which one of you wants to start out telling us about what's happened and what we can look forward to? Well, I, I defer to Mark. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, yeah, so 50 years of service as a nonprofit organization that started in the Flathead uh, Valley in Montana with, you know, a, a bunch of cowboys sitting around a campfire and looking at uh, staring down some proposed restrictions or, you know, uh, regulations by the federal agencies, in this case the Forest Service, that would limit stock use uh, in the Bob Marshall Wilderness, uh, which is probably the nation's premier backcountry and wilderness experience, whether it's horseback or however you visit. But folks got together and in short order established an organization uh, to, you know, assert the rights uh, and the history of uh, packers and users of stock. So we were graced with, um, you know, there are four founding members, none of which were at our board meeting. Uh, several have passed away, but we did have some families, uh, some, some daughters and sons of those. And we had, of course, Smoke Elser, which I know Mac Long mentioned to you last month during, during your right. show. Uh, Smoke Elser, the famous packer who's been all over, all over the nation, if not the world, you know, demonstrating packing techniques to uh, military and other folks. Um, he was present, and that was great. So Montana had their convention first, and we tagged onto it PCHA National afterwards, and there was a lot of spillover in the attendance from both. Uh, but it was a big celebration. I mean, it's a big deal to be around for half a century as a service organization. I think we're one of the first in the nation to really say. Well, we're just not going to complain about the conditions on national forests or public lands, but we're going to do something about it. So yeah, I think yeah. it was with that celebratory attitude that we really approached a big celebration and lots of good discussions, um, you know, mini webinars, readings, uh, all kinds of things. I'm sorry, not webinars, but live, you know, in-person type stuff. I, I'm, I'm thinking of COVID days, unfortunately. This yeah, is the real yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So, no, big, big celebratory thing with a lot of great people from both the past and present and, and the youth folks that are going to be our future as well. You know, it's, it, and I saw Smoke. I saw some photographs that were posted, and Smoke has been on the show in the past. 
and uh, and, and I'm just going to ask, uh, how's Roland Cheek doing? Uh, Roland is in. Uh, I believe he uh, his health isn't that great, and uh, okay. he's homebound at this point. So well. Roland is such a great guy, and he's he's a, a great author, and uh, has been a good friend over the years. And so I'm I'm very sorry to hear that, but uh, I know that I know that he was honored during both of those uh, the Montana convention as well as the uh, BCHA national convention. So Indeed. what can we look forward to in 2024 and beyond? Oh, a, a continuation of, uh, I like to say, of the past 50. Uh, we, um, we know we have our directions set forth for where we're headed to, to keep access for equines open. And uh, our, our close working relationship with the land managers, where we, you know, we, we, we strive to always have that, uh, you know, as we pass from one generation to the next of, of riders and volunteers out there that it's just a continuing uh, partnership with the land managers. Well, it has been a strong partnership. And uh, uh, Randy, can you give us any idea about the hours this past year that were put in by BCHA volunteer hours that were put in and, and maybe a dollar figure on what that's been worth? Because I don't really think a lot of the audience out there realizes how much Backcountry Horseman of America does keep these trails open. Yes, we did get a report uh, from John Chapolis, who's our chair of volunteer hours. And, oh, Mark, I wrote this down. I was, didn't have it ready at my fingertips for this purpose, but do you happen to know off the top of your head, Mark, the, the significant volunteer, you know, in-kind hours and contributions to trail maintenance? I am logging onto the website quickly. So. Oh, no, I've got it right here. I've got it here. So. I think the uh, – actually, I'm there. Uh, I've got it. Year, I think we had uh, 261,000 hours, uh, and, and so the value of that was uh, just about $12.3 million. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 261,000 hours and, and $12 million worth of – time that we're putting on the trails that's just unbelievable that is unbelievable that's the track record of service and that's that's minus two states that didn't report on time for this so over 12 million dollars in what we call in-kind contribution so that's the you know the volunteer labor if you put a dollar to it it's 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 hauling stock it's using stock days and your animals it's all the things, including going to public meetings and you know hashing out a lot of these agreements with the agencies. But when you sum it all right. up, you know over twelve million dollars of in-kind contributions to our trails is is staggering, and that's just the beauty of an organization like BCHA. I mean, we've got a wide reach and we've got a deep impact. Well, it's pretty amazing to uh, to put those numbers together and take a look at them and, and realize what that impact has been. Over the last, and that was just this past year. So when you look that's at correct. the years, yeah, if you look at if you look at all the years combined, that's 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 a bunch of money that uh, that we've saved somebody, taxpayers, as far as uh, keeping these trails open as well. What about youth programs? Where what are we looking at for uh, the future as far as youth programs? 
Well, before Mark um, answers oh. that, or at least I'm hoping he will, Mark, <laughs> might, might I also just say the, the good news is on our new executive committee for BCHA, we have Greg Schatz, who I remember you interviewed last summer. He's the chair of our youth committee. He's now on our executive committee. Oh, great. It's such a front and center kind of thing that Greg Schatz and our youth committee chair are now among the, the eight-person executive committee of BCHA because it's that important for us. Yeah, well, you know, we always talk about the youth, and uh, and, and, and a lot of times horsemanship, horse people are starting to age out just a little bit. So to bring youth back in is uh, is extremely important. So, Mark, can you give us a little update on what's going on as far as youth development? Uh so that committee has spent the the, the last year uh, polling states and seeing what they're doing for youth engagement and what's working and what's not, like working with 4-H uh, programs or FFA. And they collected that data, and now they're starting to pass that information back down to the states. So we collect it nationally and then pass it back down. That way one, one state can see what another state is doing and say, oh, that's working. Maybe I'll give that a try, something like that. So okay. that's what they're engaging into this year and, and, and passing that information back down. All right. So I'm going to do another Montana song. This okay. is all in honor of you, Mark. This is all in honor of you today okay. with these Montana Thank songs. You. But this is uh, Trinity Seeley. It's Montana Wind. And we're going to come back and talk more with Mark and Randy. You're listening to Saddle of America Heard Around the World on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. Take tall mountain battle cry, long days. 
Montana Wind, that's Trinity Seeley, and uh, today we're paying tribute to Mr. Mark Himmel with uh, Backcountry Horseman of America, the newly elected chairman, and um, playing a lot of Montana music. And Mark, I didn't know there were so many songs dedicated to Montana, but when I pulled up my my, uh, list, there must have been 50. So you guys are a pretty popular state with songwriters. Pretty popular state. Well, Randy, we were talking about the fact that the federal government has some excess money they're pouring into uh, these programs right now. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, thanks, Gary. It's, it's trails. Uh, there's there's so much money flowing now from Congress, you know, uh, via the federal government uh, for outdoor recreation and trails. We've never seen anything like this before. I mean, so the myth. Well, it was partly true in the past that, you know, the agencies are getting funded or trails are getting less and less funding each year. We've held the line for the past decade on budget cuts in the Forest Service and other agencies on trails. But in the past year or two, we've seen a complete reversal with so much money going towards trails and infrastructure, you know, recreational infrastructure that we don't we can't act quickly enough to make use of this money. So it's kind of reminds wow. me that old game the game show remember that old game show where there was the glass phone booth and there were all these hundred dollar bills flying around and people had a couple minutes i remember that yeah i remember (laughs) that yeah like that because not only the feds have the the federal agencies have this money but they're giving it to nonprofit partners that have cost share agreements to distribute in some form of grants to a diverse array of trail organizations and of course we're front and center in all these coalitions um, so the, the you heard about the bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed last year. That has generated tons of money to go towards roads and trails on national forests and public lands. Um, that, you know, there are just grants available from our partner group, American Trails, to the tune of $1.5 million a year for the next five years to go to partners like Backcountry Horsemen and other trail groups wow. to do trail, yeah. trail-related work. It's just unreal. Um, wow. Same with wilderness. Our partner, the National Wilderness Stewardship Alliance, is giving away over a million dollars to wilderness stewardship groups, and a lot of that is trails, um, for, for trail maintenance and other wilderness-related uh, ecological restoration in federally designated wilderness. I mean, when have we ever talked about millions of dollars going to partners as pass-through that ultimately that go straight to the ground and come up That's- with projects and that in employ youth and get get the job done and keep trails open it's just amazing that is that is terrific that is terrific that is terrific well give us a little more insight direct us a little bit as to as to what we can look for in 2023 and beyond well there's some cool things happening here's an unsung hero on our public lands arena the u.s army corps of engineers you think, we don't talk wait, about that isn't much. That the, yeah. Isn't that the military? Isn't that something? It, it is. It's a, it's a division of the Department of Defense. But they operate dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of reservoirs and surrounding uplands on which there's tons of trails for public use throughout the nation, particularly in the mid some of the southwest. But the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and those reservoirs, I mean, a lot of it is boat-based recreation and water-based recreation, but there's a lot of trails and terrestrial-based recreation, they get more visitors per year than the National Park Service does. 
Really? Think about that. Yeah. Wow. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers reservoirs and facilities get more visitors than the Park Service, which we know is huge numbers. So we're working in partnership with Recreation to get a bill through Congress that because they don't have – they they charge fees, but that money goes back. Or anything to put the Army Corps of Engineers on another federal so they can use that money locally once they collect it at the gate. Okay, uh, you were kind of fading in and out just a little bit there, but um, oh, uh, you know, to to think about the Army Corps of Engineers having that many visitors on those lands that they're in charge of compared to the national parks is just kind of mind-boggling for a minute. I'm, I'm just having to kind of sit back and think about that. But but I can understand it. I can understand that. And, and a bulk of it is, you know, lake, lake babe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And, and if I could expand on that, uh, Yesterday, uh, I w- was asked to do a stall training for a veterans group who are working on a scenic trail. The scenic trail happens to be part of the Missouri River uh, upper headwaters, uh, and that was their job uh, to do this year. And they're actually funded, uh, got money through those kind of the funds that Randy was talking about. Wow! 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 So, uh, tell us a little bit about the veterans group that you worked with, Mark. I didn't even know they were a veterans group until they showed up. They just showed up and said they needed fall training in order to go out and, you know, to, to operate on scenic trails. And I, I knew it was a river, but I did not realize it, that the Forest Service actually maintained that section of the river. Uh, and uh, so we, that was our task and their goal, and uh, I got them where they needed to be by the end of the day. So and I'm sure they're out there now uh, doing their job. So. Wow. That's about all they told wow. me. <laughs> so. Wow, wow, wow. So we have talked about this before, but uh, but all, quite often in the backcountry, uh, you can't use uh, power saws. You can't use chainsaws. You have to use crosscut saws to do your trail clearing. And designated areas. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. Tra- traditional tools or minimum tool, uh, and that would be a crosscut. Saw or a hand yeah. saw. So how did you get started into using the crosscut saw? And and I know you do a lot of training in, in that. How'd you get started uh, with that? It was just like I just happened to I'm, – I'm only actually maybe 100 miles from the Bob Marshall Wilderness down off the southeast corner here. And uh, I was just asked to expand because they're always – you know, Forest Service is thinking forward and making sure they get skill sets passed on from one generation to the next. And I was asked to participate, and I did. And then I found it was uh, actually I enjoyed a lot uh, uh, teaching younger adults uh, how to use either a chainsaw or a crosscut. Wow. Well, I think I could use a chainsaw. I'm not too sure, Randy, about whether I would be very good with a crosscut saw. <laughs> Yeah, and I've had the good fortune to attend the training that Mark was uh, having in Montana on the chainsaw use, and it, it was really well run and, you know, top-notch professional. Emphasis is on safety, 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 um, and they got some folks certified on chainsaw use in short order. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't be the best person, you know, behind that. Certainly not the chainsaw, the crosscut. <laughs> that's kind of a fun thing to do, though. 
Oh gosh. Well, I'm, I might be too old for a cross cut. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about was we were talking about the use, use of the saws period is that, um, we have had so much moisture in the West this year, uh, with, with, uh, in some areas rain, but a lot of the areas in the snow, how's that going to affect the trails as we go into the spring and summer? It may delay us a little bit. I mean, yesterday I was working right up against the, uh, the snow line. So yeah. uh, the, the snow level is at about 4,500 feet, and it, it's melting off. It melts off quickly, but uh, it, it, and it does bring up high water. So once the snow is gone, we still can't get in because that high water, uh, you know, raises the stream crossings. It, you know, they can go from a foot to three feet, you know, overnight. So we have to wait. Usually we don't get started until in Montana to about the uh, beginning of June. You know, other states across the country can probably, you know, they, they probably do trail maintenance all year long. But yeah. We have a narrow window here. Do, uh, do, does the excessive rain and snow, does that cause landslides and trees to come down and some different challenges out on the trails? Uh, trees come down, yes, with, with the wet snows that happen later this time of year. But for the most part, landslides, not, not too often, you know. Okay. Maybe in a fire area that burned last year, you might get a landslide there because there's nothing, there's nothing there to hold the soil back if it's in steep terrain. Okay. All right. Well, I just, I just wondered about that. I know that, I, you know, particularly in California, they have so many slides, mudslides that take place and... And I wonder if that affected some of the trails out there, the trail use. So, how long, how long, oh, Mark, does. have you been associated with uh, with uh, Backcountry Horseman America? Uh, well, with Backcountry Horseman, I, I just did the numbers. I actually started about 25 years ago. Wow, wow. Do you remember how you got involved to begin with? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember the day, the time, and and, and the place. So <laughs> it's uh, it was just a, a a unique opportunity. If you want to hear it, you know, it's it's it's. it's well, know, tell it us was, about that because people out there are thinking, okay, how can I get involved, or why should I get involved? But I mean, here is the chairman, the newly elected chairman, and and uh, you've been doing this for twenty five years. So yeah, share with us how you got involved. Oh boy, it was oh, back in '98. Uh, I was on a pack trip uh, uh, north of Yellowstone with uh, some other uh, cowboys that I knew, uh, uh, and a couple of them were backcountry horsemen. And, and we were north of Yellowstone, riding down into Yellowstone Park, and I wanted to fish for golden trout, which are only in so many streams in the country. And when I was going from one mountain range over to the other, somebody's horse pulled up lane and. I had to uh, grab a hold of a pack stock and lead them, which was the first time I had led five pack stock over and down a mountain range. And these stock just fought, certainly going over the range. And oh, I got down boy. into where we were going to camp at. Uh, they were just fighting and kicking. I couldn't get off my horse to untie them. So I started riding in circles. And I thought, okay, <laughs> this kind of looks kind of dumb, but it works. And just then out of my eye, I saw this pack string coming up through the trail. And I could see this guy was leading like 12 mules. I thought, wow, this guy, you know, and he came up through the stream. And here was Bob Hoversome from Nine Mile um, in the Forest Service. And 
And he just stopped at the stream and just went right on by. And all those other mules were looking over at me, probably wondering, why is that guy riding in a circle? So anyway, <laughs> after they were through, I thought, you know, those guys look like they belong there. And they never made a sound. So no sooner had they left, and I looked back, and, I, and all my stock were looking at me like I was pathetic. <laughs> and uh, a week later, I got home, and I joined a backcountry horseman. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Wow. That's how wow. I feel. Wow. Randy, how did you get connected with Backcountry Horseman of America? Well, I, I used to work on a lot of coalitions before I was, you know, working for them. I was working with the Backcountry Horsemen. I was blown away about the service ethic and these great people. So we would form coalitions, you know, what we call the Quiet Recreation Coalition. It could be hikers, mountain bikers, uh, fishers, hunters, um, you know, horsemen. And I started getting to know Dennis Daly, uh, the late great uh, public lands officer who I succeeded, who, who, who went out and, you know, recruited me once he was going to retire and said, you know, he said, Randy, we want you to work with us and do what you've done with these other coalitions and stuff and kind of elevate our profile, work with partners. And I was honored to do so. So I, I, wow. I, you know, Dennis brought me to the board meeting and kind of introduced me and had me speak to the group. And I kind of blew them away because they thought they're a little suspect. You know, I'm not, I'm not a cowboy. So they were looking at me kind of, you know, who is this guy? And I said, let me tell you, I had a PowerPoint. It said, my wife and I own two of the original all-terrain vehicles. And I got all these, you know, sour faces and all that. And I showed the picture of our two horses. Right, because uh-huh. they're the two original off-road vehicles, and everyone's. And then I got a round of applause at that point, so I kind of warmed the crowd up a little bit and let them know I'm, you know, maybe I'm not a cowboy, but I certainly understand their lifestyle and their world. Oh well, well, you know, you don't have to be a cowboy to be a backcountry horseman of America, and uh, and you and you don't have to be in the backcountry to be part of backcountry horseman of America. So how can folks get involved? with BCHA? Well, if, if folks are interested in volunteering, uh, a lot of groups uh, or a lot of states actually work on a lot of trailheads and campgrounds. That's what they're responsible for, too. You don't need a horse for that. That's just mostly drive up and work. Uh, they can go to our website at uh, bcha.org and scroll down through the page, and you'll see a map of the United States there, and you can search around on that and find out find where the nearest chapter is closest to you. Well, people need to do that and get involved. So if you enjoy the trails, whether you're a horseback rider or just a hiker, you can get involved with Backcountry Horse of America and help keep these trails open. And uh, we would encourage folks everywhere to visit bcha.org and get involved. And uh, you guys have been great to visit with. I'm looking forward to seeing what's to come for the next 50 years with Backcountry Horsemen of America. And congratulations again, Mark, to your chairmanship. We look forward to seeing what happens with you with that as well. Randy Rasmussen, always fun to have you on the show. Pleasure, Gary. Thank you. You are very welcome. You are very welcome. We're going to do another song to salute you, Mark. This is called Montana Moon, and uh, and again we're we're saluting Mark Himmel today with all of this music from Montana. And uh, thank you guys for being with us. Thank you, Beth. All righty. <laughs> 
Somewhere up this highway A thousand miles or more The girl I love is standing Out by our front door Every night about this time We both look in the sky When that big Montana moon Is shining bright She's up there on the prairie And I'm in these city lights But I use that moon to carry my love to her each night And I can almost see her face up there Reflected in the light When that big Montana moon is shining bright Well, I'll be going home real soon That you can be sure Until then when I'm lonesome I found the perfect cure Even though that moon up there Shines on the seven seas It'll always be Montana's moon to me She's up there on the prairie And I'm in these city lights But I use that moon to carry My love to her each night And I can almost see her face up there Reflected in the light when that big Montana moon is shining bright She's up there But I use that moon to carry my love to her each night And I can almost see her face up there Reflected in the light When that big Montana moon is shining bright When that big Montana moon is shining bright That's Mr. Dan McCorson, and the song was Montana Moon. And uh, we've kind of been paying homage to Mr. Mark Kimmel, who is the newly elected chairman of Backcountry Horsemen of America and is from Montana. So this has been a lot of fun visiting with both Mark and Randy today on Saddle Up America. And it was a lot of fun visiting with Dennis Cole, better known as Dan Canyon, during the Campfire Cafe and sharing music from the Dan Canyon Band. And thanks to my wife for sitting in as co-host today while Miss Bobby Bell was kind of recovering from her trip to Santa Clarita, California for the gathering that was out there last week. Well, it's been a lot of fun. We look forward to having you join us again next Thursday for the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. It all starts at noon. And then join us this Saturday beginning at noon for Live from Nashville. And our special guest will be Gable He, a young singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee. And John Lowell will be joining us from Montana, of all places, after all of this today. But John is a great singer and songwriter, and we'll enjoy visiting with him as well. That all comes up this Saturday, beginning at noon Central Standard Time. We're presenting live from Nashville. 
<clears throat> excuse me, I think I've got a little little allergy going here from the Nashville, Tennessee area. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. We remind you that you can listen to all of these shows at equestrianlegacy.net. You can listen on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, as well as Spotify. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. We're going to close out the show today with another one about Montana. This is Blue Montana Moon. It's our friend Joni Harms. We'll see you next week on the Campfire Cafe in Saddle Up America. Come